Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. When Mike asked me to, to speak tonight, I said to him, why me? And he told me because Barbara and I had been married the, for a long time and he thought we had something good we could share with you guys. And then a couple of weeks ago he asked me how much, or he asked me if I was still on, and I said, yeah. I said, how much time do I have? And he, he said, well, how much you need? I said, well, about 30 minutes. And he said, well, 20 or 30 is all right. And I've, I've done a lot of public speaking in my life, and, and when somebody says you've got 20 or 30 minutes when you, you promised them you'd do 30, that means they want you to shorten it. <laughs> and, if, and if they say 30 to 40, that means just keep going longer all the longer you want to go. But, but we're not the senior married couple in this church. You know, Tom and Sharon have had their 50th wedding anniversary. And I think Charlie and Mary are near 50, so maybe our 46, right? <laughs> our, our 46 years is, is third in this church. Barbara and I have a good, a good heritage of uh, marriages. My parents were married 54 years before my mother passed away 20 years ago. And Barbara's parents had been married over 71 years before her father passed away this last year. So I thank you for that, and I, I'm, I'm proud of our, and I'm proud of these kinds of records. I think this is something that we all should strive for, particularly in a day and age when, when 10 years is a record. So many people are, uh, don't last very long in their marriage life. So I, I want to entertain you a little bit tonight, and then... I want to share some some message from God's word, and tell, let you let, let me explain to you why I think our marriages have lasted. If I was going to title this message or this speech tonight, I would I would I would title it "Commitment for 86 Years." Now I need to explain what that's all about, because when Barbara and I were married, I told Pastor Ben Scott, who married us that I wanted to change the wedding vows a little bit. He said, yo, what, what's the matter? I said, well, the part that says uh, you'll be together until death do you part, I said, I want to make it just 86 years. I want to have some kind of commitment. So since I was 28 years old when we were married, that means I'm committed until we're 114. Now, I did reserve a mutual option that we could, could extend it for 10 more years. <laughs> If we get that far and want to continue. <laughs> by, by the way, all of you are invited to our 86-year celebration and our 96th, if any of you think you can make it. Because <laughs> we only have 41 years to go. 
we're more than halfway there. And so if we want, uh, so we're looking forward to that time when we can spend we spend our whole life together. If you're going to make it that far, though, there's a lot of work that has to be done in getting that far. So if you want to understand how we plan to get to 86, I want to share that with you, what, what we, our, our plan is. First, I want to talk to you about romance. The reason I talk about this first is because that's where we all start. We, all, we, all, we, we don't grow um, romantically for our whole married life. Uh, our, our marriage extends on, or is, uh, exists for this long based on a lot more than romance. The definition of romance, and I'm going to read this, is, for, and I love looking in the dictionary and finding out these things because there's always, diff, there's always a whole bunch of definitions there, and you can pick out the one you like best, see? <laughs> so the definition of romance is an extravagant story or account that lacks basis, in fact, or an, or an emotional attraction or, or aura belonging to a heroic act or activity. Note I said it might be extravagant. If you don't think that is so, just think back to your dating period. I'm sure all of us did some extravagant things during those times. And I say, well, was your romance emotional? Well, mine was. I hope yours was. And was your romantic? Was your romance heroic? Mine was, and uh, well, I think mine was. I want, I'll let you each one of you answer that. But I wanted Barbara to. I wanted Barbara to think I was a hero. So romance is not a sin. Romance with our girlfriend before we were married has boundaries, and there are romantic things we need to be careful about till after we're married. But I know romance is essential. We have heard people say. Uh, we had love at first sight. Now, excuse my French, but that's a lot of baloney. <laughs> what love at first sight is, is the physical attraction we feel the first time we saw, saw that special person. Our son David is, was a good example, was a good example of that. First, the first statement that came out of his mouth when he came home from his first, first date with Katie was, he told us she's drop-dead gorgeous. Now, he was not in love with her then, but he liked what he saw. And a lot of us start out with that. All of us start out with, we like what we saw. When I first met Barbara, I liked what I saw, but I wasn't in love with her. But, uh, and, and I know she wasn't in love with me because she went home and told her, her dad that she'd had a date with me. And he said, now you be careful, daughter. That's an Air Force guy from a long way off. You don't know what he's into. So, and she said, you know what she said to him? Well, don't worry, Dad. Don't worry, I'm not going to marry the guy. <laughs> so we dated for a couple years, and then I got orders to go to Vietnam. Parting was hard then. We knew the romance had to be on a hold for a while. And our, our, our romance had flourished and was accented by sitting together close in the front seat of my 63 Chevy, sitting close in the movie theater, holding hands and kissing each other goodnight when the date ended, and some other times too. But, <laughs> but I enjoyed that, and I think she did too, and we have no reason to deny that what happened. By the way, do you know what the biggest 
hindrance to romance amongst teenagers is? It's a front seat console. Now, I want to explain that to you. I want to explain that to you. When I first started dating my girlfriends, even before Barbara, which is, I'm going to call BB before Barbara. I want to keep, you know. <laughs> some of the girls I went with, and I say some of them, they sat right over in the middle of the, or close to me as they could, and I would, I would li I'd like to drive up and down the strip, as we called it, in Quincy, Illinois, with my girlfriend sitting close. And that was, now that's BB, yeah. That was when that was showing off how close we sat to each other. Now, I, I, know some, I know that you did that, too, but it was so romantic. My Uncle Ralph, and I've liked the name Ralph ever since he was around, but my Uncle Ralph loaned me money to buy my first car. And after I'd gotten it, he said, Boy, you wasted your money. And I said, what, for, why, what, what do you mean I wasted my money? He said, Well, you got a passenger side door, which you never used, and you got a full bent seat, which you never set on the right side. He said, you don't even know. You, you shouldn't have paid for those. So, so uh, he said, you don't even know if that door works or not. <laughs> uh, I told Barbara that when I, married, when I returned from this war safely, or if I returned from the war safely, I would, wanted to marry her. But I not, did not want to answer because of a year's absence. It was a long time. You know, when I was in Vietnam, there were no cell phones. All, the only phones we had were those hard, hardwired uh, uh, combat phones that where they drug, strung the wire along the ground, and 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 that was how we communicated. We didn't communicate very much. So when they were when they worked, you could sometimes call the other side of the base. That's when, except when it was raining, and of course in Vietnam it rained a lot, so we didn't have much, much. Uh, communications that way, but you know there was no cell phones, there was no, there was no email, there was no uh, tweeting, there's no, none of that kind of stuff. You know, I was thinking about that when I wrote this. I lived in a French villa in Nha Trang, Vietnam, when we were there with six other guys in the in the uh, in that villa, and I can just imagine what they'd have said after dinner one evening if I said. I'm going to do some tweeting tonight. <laughs> they would have thrown me out of the, out of the building. And, and when I woke up out in the street, the door would be locked. I couldn't get back in. But so the romance suffered somewhat when I was separated. We were separated that far. And we, we corresponded by letters, but the letters took a long time to get there, and, and sometimes I'd get three letters in a day, and some days it'd be, sometimes it'd be two, two weeks before I'd get another letter. So it was, it was by being 12,000 miles away, and, and, and uh, you know, it was just like, uh, I, I knew she was there, but there was no romance. You couldn't, you couldn't, you could, this, rom this love, could, this romance couldn't grow. So one day I got a letter. And Barbara wrote me a letter, and she, and she said she, she wanted to get married. To me, she wanted to get married. <laughs> when, I, when I returned, in spite of that wide separation, our, 
uh, romance was back on. It seemed like our letters got more frequent, and it certainly got romantic. Finally, when the war was nearly, or for when the year, year was nearly over, I got orders back to the United States. And as soon as I arrived home in Illinois, I bought a brand new green 1966 Pontiac Grand Prix, Grand Prix and I paid $3,000 for it. Had all the bells and whistles. And my folks knew I had suffered some kind of brain injury in the war when I got back, spent that much for a car. He said, nobody spends that much for a car. But I remember when I got in my green Pontiac and went down to, to pick her up at the dorm in Arkansas State University. Uh, we went out to my new car, then, and I realized that I'd made one major mistake. The new car that I was so proud of had bucket seats and a center console. And I thought, what have I done? It was, it, it was hard to sit close to each other when she was all the way over there on the other side of the console in bucket seats. And so, and I was going to say we, it was hard trying to get her to crawl across the console. Not that we ever tried to do that, you understand. <laughs> Some, something going on uh, so, something, something going on in the background there, I think I should know. <laughs> but we survived and, and uh, on June 24th, 1967, we got married. Now, there's one extra story I need to tell you about this situation. Uh, I sold my 1963 Chevrolet that I had when Barbara and I first dated to my brother. It had bent seats and a front passenger side door that I didn't know whether it worked or not, but that, that allowed you to sit close together on the bench type seats with no seat belts in those days. When I returned from Southeast Asia, my brother had married a girl I had dated a few times and had a baby on the way. Now, I don't know if the absence of a center console had anything to do with that, <laughs> but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I've made light of this issue but romance is really not really not based on how close we sat in the car and now to think of it and now to think of it we have another car with a center console <laughs> so what goes around comes around I guess but let me get a little more serious romance is often overlooked in many men and women's relationship men and women become romantically inclined and after time the romance stalls Romance will not get you through 86 years. It won't get you through six years, or it probably won't get you through six weeks. There must be more to romance, and I'm talking about true love, the love that God gives us. Remember, most of our marriage vows called us to love our, and honor our spouse until death do us part, or for 86 years in my case. The love that I'm talking about is that agape love that Christ gives us. There are other kinds of love that stress physical and friendly relationship, but one that we speak of in our wedding vow is that kind of Christ-filled love. Many marriages fall apart because the romance withers 
and physical loves will wither too if it's not supported by the love that God gives us. We're married in churches by a pastor. We want to invoke God's love on our marriage relationship. A justice of peace can legally marriage it, but it is God who invokes the the uh, the uh, love relationship or the relationship that we need. We are not strong enough. Us us human beings are not strong enough to, to make rel- relationships last with just romance and the relationship relationship we start on our own. Just look at the marriages that exist in our our nation today. Just think of the crushes that we had in high school that were based on physical attraction that we had. I've heard many people who were divorced early in, in life state that they were attracted physically to their one-time marriage partner, but they really didn't love them. Successful dating does not make a marriage work. <clears throat> I pray here tonight that every man loves his wife with the love that God has given us, and every woman loves her husband, and, and you love each other with God-provided love. In my Bible studies, I'm often led to the fourth chapter of Mark, which sometimes I call the farming chapter. And some, some Bibles talk, talk about the perils, parables of the, soul, of the soil. In, in that chapter, Jesus was teaching by the seaside. There was a great gathering, and, and Jesus got into a boat, and the Bible tells us that he started preaching and teaching from the boat. In that chapter, he taught in parables about the kingdom of God. We have the parable of the sower, starting in verse 4. In verse 26, he teaches about the farmer who casts seed in, in a field and how the earth brings forth uh, leaves and then the crop. In verse 27, the Bible tells us the farmer would go to bed, sleep, rest, and get up day after day. And it said, and the crop grew, and he didn't know why. Well, we know in, in, our, in our day of farming business that to, get, to grow a crop takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of work on the part of every, every farmer or every person that's involved. So I would like to leave with you four things tonight that a farmer needs to do that apply to the marriage and love relationship as we proceed toward 86. First, the seed needs watering. We know how we had to water and keep the soil moist this summer when we when we uh, tried to keep our parking lot uh, landscaping alive. We had to work, put out an effort to be sure the plants, point, the plants had moisture. But in a marriage, each of the members need to keep attaching, attention to the relationship and keep a marriage ever in good condition for growth. If after we get married, we just let the relationship take care of itself, normally it will dry up and fast. We've all heard the story about the woman who said that, that her husband never told her that he loved her anymore. And his response was, well, look, I told you on our wedding night, and I also told you that if it changes, I'll tell you. And, and so we, there, there must be much more to our relationship than that. Just, just getting rid of the center, center seat console was not enough to keep a marriage strong. We have to keep a relationship on fertile ground. Secondly, the farmer needs to get rid of the weeds that tend to spring up and choke out the plants. No matter how strong a marriage starts, no matter how much the ro- how strong the romance is on the wedding night, there will there will be weeds in our life, like our jobs and other interests. 
Sometimes a man's love of golf or other sports start out as a minor issue. It's a small weed in the relationship, but left to go unchecked, the weeds grow and become healthy, and they're hard to get rid of. Women, too, have weeding problems. Women get involved in their, in their jobs or in social activities, and the marriage suffers. Sometimes the kids may be the weeds to, that interfere with our healthy marriage. Pastor John preached us a few weeks ago that we can't avoid temptation, but God will help us deal with the weeds of temptation. In marriage counseling I've done, especially in the Air Force, one of the spouses would come to me and say, and remark that uh, their spouse, them and their spouse had just grown apart. How many times have you heard that when you talk to people that have had marital problems? They've just grown apart. Sometimes the issue is not necessarily sinful, but but it's it's when that 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 issue becomes uh, becomes more important than the love relationship that exists. The romance is gone, the love relationship is weakened, and the marriage is being choked out by the many weeds that grow, and if not removed, will cause failure in a marriage that started on a long started on a loving way. <clears throat> when love gets choked out. The marriage fails. Third, we need to fertilize often and abundantly. We need to keep up the romance. We need to talk to each other. We need to include God, godly things in our relationship. We need to keep God, God as the center of our marriage and fill our, and fill our marriage with, with God's love that can guarantee a strong marriage. Bible reading, prayer, prayer together, dating, and vocations are great fertilizers. Sometimes just listening to each other can be a great fertilizer. Romance can be a great fertilizer, but love is what makes the marriage grow. Fourth, we need to apply pesticides to keep the pests from destroying our marriage. We, do, we, do, we have to do that before the insects eat the leaves of love, before the fruit and the plant is destroyed. Typical pests are unfaithfulness to the very marriage vows they may stem from infatuation of more stuff. Pests are allowed to grow by becoming infatuated with, with a position and power. Sometimes we, we let our position and our power become more important than our relationship with our wife or husband. <clears throat> the pesticides, the things that kill pests, may come from a healthy church involvement. Successful relationship with God will choke out the worldly pests that cause many divorces. It is so sorry we'll see a marriage fail and a family fail that had got started strong, grown faithful, and the latter failed because the marriage partners allowed the pests of sin to enter in and go unchecked. Folks, romance gets us started, but love gets the crop to maturity, and God-filled marriage allows the successful completion. God blesses a heavenly romance, healthy romance, and he provides the love to get us through. God puts us together and gives us a power and might to carry on as his desires. In the first chapter of Luke, it tells us about a conversation Gabriel had with Zacharias. When Zacharias understood about the work that his new son was called that to do, he was obviously wondering how he can do that. And Gabriel told Zacharias that John the Baptist, who was going to be his son, would have the spirit and the power of Elijah. If, if we allow God to lead our marriage, 
we will go forth with the spirit and power of Elijah as well. I would like to believe that that spirit and power is with, the, with our couples here tonight. Now, I think it's clear when we speak on these things how the issue pertains to us, the people at Victory Church. We mentioned that a strong Christian fellowship with God is so important. We need Christian fellowship to assure that the seed of new Christians is watered and nourished. We need the Christian fellowship to assure the weeds of social worldliness doesn't crowd out our faithfulness to God. We need Christian fellowship to assure our membership is fertilized each time we meet. We need Christian fellowship to assure the sinful pests are not allowed to grow and mature. And I think things like this tonight are a good example of what that, what that Christian fellowship can do for each of us as we, as we look, work together. Finally, our children need to deserve a strong Christian foundation in the life of their parents that water, feed, weed, and rid the pesticides from the children's lives. Also, let your children, no matter how old or young they are, see the love you have for each other. You say, well, how far should I go with my, with my demonstration of love? One of my counselors, one, of the, one counselor I read of said, you can go as far as you want until the kids tell you to get a room. <laughs> There's a process that, that the Monsanto has company developed over, over the years known as Roundup Ready Seed. The spray application will, will kill all the weeds, but not the corn or the beans or the crop you're trying to protect. You can spray a weedy field, and the spray will kill all of the unwanted growth. Folks, tonight I want us all to be Roundup Ready. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this time tonight. We thank you for the time we've had to share our words with, with these fine folks here. We pray, Lord, that you will speak to each of our hearts and help us to realize that, that our marriage is so important to each other, to ourselves. It's important to our family. It's important to the church. And, so, Lord, a successful marriage is what you've called us to have. And so we thank you tonight for the opportunity we have to gather together tonight and just celebrate together the marriages that we have with each other. Thank you so much for this time together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.